It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, it's a mailbag, baby. The preseason continues to trudge along, and we have plenty of questions to dive into. Plus, there's news about Malachi Flynn suffering an injury in the preseason opener. We'll examine that, and we'll, of course, get the strongest Raptors opinion going into the season of our guest on today's show, who is Chelsea Late of Raptors HQ. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for being here. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it, so I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1255 of Locked on Raptors for Wednesday, October the 5th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. That's not me. I'm not from RaptorsHQ.com anymore. That's our guest. I keep doing that. I don't work for them anymore. Uh, you can find me, though, however, at Post Touches, my new newsletter, which will be dropping its first post this coming Friday. Go check out my pinned tweet and you can subscribe there. Uh, you can also follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast uh, for free on your favorite podcast app. So go subscribe, follow, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's much appreciated. Uh, we're on Twitter at Woodley Sean and at Locked On Raptors as well. And uh, we're also on YouTube, so you can go hit the big red subscribe button there and support the show. We love you very much when you go ahead and do that. All right, on today's show, we got mailbag questions, we got injury reports, and so much more to dive into with our lovely guest from the aforementioned Raptors HQ. It is Chelsea Late. Chelsea, how's it going? Hi, good. How are you? I'm great. I uh, I keep doing the Raptors HQ thing. I'm not doing it as a bit, I promise, to those listening. Like, oh, this guy's yeah. doing this on purpose. No, I'm not. I'm just dumb. Uh, <laughs> but I'll get that ironed out at some point. Anyway, yeah. you do write for Raptors HQ. You do a wonderful job over there. And uh, we're going to dig into yeah. a bunch of mailbag questions here from the listeners on today's show. We also have some news to break down first, just coming over the wire from the Raptors PR staff. Malachi Flynn busted his face a little bit. Uh, the actual nomenclature of the injury is a fracture to his left cheekbone that occurred in the third quarter of Sunday's preseason game in Edmonton against the Jazz. Uh, he cleared the concussion protocol, so that's good news. He returned to the game after it happened, but he went under some extra imagery afterwards to reveal a small fracture, and he's going to wear a face shield upon his return to the court. He's expected he'll to be back before the start of the season, so probably no harm, no foul here, but for Malachi Flynn, a guy who 
is not figured to be in the regular rotation to start the season and could use these preseason games as a way to sort of launch himself into a bigger role. He had a really nice game, a couple of nice pull-ups, some good defense in that preseason opener. Um, do you think this affects Malachi Flynn's odds of bursting into the rotation at all, Chelsea? You know, Del- Delano Banton's out there also handling yeah. the ball, buying for backup point guard minutes potentially. Uh, what do you think this does to Flynn's shot of being in the rotation upon the start of the season? It's a tough blow for a guy who has had a lot of them in his career so far. Yeah, I, it's hard for him. I mean, he already struggles enough to get minutes, which, um, you know, and he, I think he has the benefit of coming in from a really good summer. He had that like mm. seven point game in in some uh like tournament in the off season so i think he has a lot of good buzz going into the season but this injury doesn't really help him because i'm sure it's not gonna like make nick nurse over eager to put him in and to give him a lot of minutes i mean some people go in and they thrive with the face shield we all know the sue bird story or at least i hope you know the (laughs) sue bird story so i mean maybe you go in with a face shield and you just kind of like it gives you some sort of superpower and he ends up you know making himself memorable but it definitely doesn't happen yeah it's just it's a tough break for a guy who like it's been non-stop tough breaks since his career started and i feel bad when i like critique malachi flynn for his lack of performance or whatever because like it's kind of a hand in a raw deal he had no summer league he was drafted like a month before his rookie season just thrown into it in tampa in a terrible team situation uh he has a couple of moments at the back end of that year a couple of months that I think we've all agreed by now are totally fake make-believe where Freddie Gillespie was like the savior the in the middle of the floor and Kem Birch was an 11-7-3 short rolling, you know, big man throwing kickout passes to the corner and bombing threes. Like, that was all make-believe. And so I kind of think his rookie of the month that one year is make-believe as well. And he just never really got back into the swing last season. You know, the best stretch of games he had was when Fred VanVleet was out after the All-Star break and he gets hurt and leaves and can't come back and doesn't get back into the rotation really for the rest of the season. So I feel badly for the guy, but I do think this is, you know, you don't want to miss time in the preseason when you're a player of Malachi Flynn or Justin Champagny's sort of caliber because there's dudes looking for jobs and there's dudes looking to carve out higher you know, roles in the rotation, in the in the hierarchy of the team. So hopefully all the best for Malachi Flynn. Hopefully it doesn't affect his shot making or anything like that to have the mask on, but we'll keep an eye on that. That's just the news across the wire early here this morning. Um, let's dive in now, shall we? Do some mailbag questions, Chelsea. We got some really good ones that came sure. in from all the good folks out there. We love the mailbag question <laughs> askers. They really are the lifeblood of this podcast. One out of every yeah. 10 episodes or so. Wouldn't happen <laughs> without them. Uh, let's go. This one here comes from at Dwayne Disney asking, do you feel Christian Coloco would benefit from steady playing time with the 905 or to be part of a taxi squad with limited minutes on the Raptors bench? I think you could probably go either way on this one, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Where are you at with sort of the the way you'd like to see Christian Coloclo implemented into the Raptors to start his career? Yeah, I think we all know if this was any other team, maybe I wouldn't be so, I guess, passionate about going from the G League team to the NBA team. But sure. I think we've we've seen a pattern on this team of people who have gone down to the G League and played for the 905 and just have found, you know, good minutes there and have blossomed and have really gotten like the development and the runs that they needed in their mm-hmm. rookie season. I mean, we saw it with Delano Banton last year. He had an absolute like ph- phenomenal run on the 905. 
Um, and I think we're like seeing the benefit of that now, even just from one game. But I don't know. I think the Raptors definitely need him at points. He's a good, you know, he's tall, which is something that we need. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't think it would hurt him to go down a bit and get more minutes and then come back up and, you know, have that, you know, be warm already. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we have the benefit of having a really good development system between the two teams and a really good relationship where they can kind of go back and forth really well. And, you know, every guy that has done it has like loved it and they have a really good culture of not making it seem like it's a bad thing, making it seem like you're getting like knocked down. So I think that's really beneficial for them too, because they're not seeing it as like, Oh, I got drafted into the NBA and now I'm going to go play in the G league, like some, whatever. No, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, a good opportunity for those guys. Cause then you have the Fred Van Vliet's and the Pascal Siakam's who did it and look at now. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I I think the G League is probably the way I'd go to start with Christian Coloco. It's tough because you could totally see a world in which he's like, you know, matchup specific. You get him in there for 10 minutes a game against a very specific opposing lineup or whatever, and you get him some meaningful NBA run right out of the gate. He's a pick and roll partner for a Fred Van Vliet or a Pascal Siakam, as we saw that connection uh, established in the first preseason game as well. Like that, those are all nice things that you could have, but I just feel like Christian Coloco will better help this team down the line. Even this season, if he's able to play a whole bunch at the start and kind of get those reps, play 30 minutes a game, learning the defensive system, learning how to play in the Raptors, you know, in their like helter skelter scheme. Also maybe sort of establishing himself as someone you can play a more relaxed defensive scheme, a simple drop or something like that with him in the middle of the floor. And I just don't know if you're going to get the leeway or just the time to massage those skills along to start the season with a team that basically has nine guys entrenched in rotation spots already. And they're starting a small lineup. It seems like, I I don't know if they're going to make the switch and start precious at some point here, but if precious doesn't start, that's one extra big on the bench in Coloco's way just feels like it's not in the, in the cards for him to get regular run right away. And if you want to, you know, we talked about this yesterday on the podcast with Joe Wolf on kind of digging into the way the Raptors need to, become more diverse in the types of defenses they can play. If you want Mm -hmm. to have that be a thing you can go to come playoff time or next season, I feel like giving Coloco as much run right now in the 905, play him like crazy, play him 33, 35 minutes a game. I don't care. Just get him schooled in the principles, have him get the reps. Then maybe he can actually help you with that defensive versatility question down the line, as opposed to just being kind of a, a bit factor in the rotation to start the season. But it's a very good question. I don't think there's necessarily a wrong answer because I do think there are some things that he can do that literally no one else on the team can do that yeah. would be useful in certain spots on the big club. And like he'll yeah. get run. I don't think he's going to just go to the G League and just play down there the entire season or anything like yeah. that. Like he'll get called up for spots in here and there. But um, I do think heavy 905 run is probably the way to go with Christian Coloco out of the gate. Chelsea, we got more questions we're going to get to coming up in just a second here. But first, got to tell everybody about our friends over at Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy sports made easy. Have you ever wanted to watch a game and then maybe, you know, throw a little scratch down on some player on one team going over a certain point total, then another player on the other team going under a certain point total? Well, you can do that with prize picks. You can just pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections that are available. That's 
that's the way it should be. You don't want some shadow expert in behind with some crazy team that they put together that you haven't even seen before that you're competing against. That's not fun. You want to go against the projections. It's the way it should be. They offer projections on any sport you can watch. It includes the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, the WNBA. You got soccer, both men and women's, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket. They got disc golf. Go do it. I don't know how you pick fantasy, daily fantasy and disc golf, but you can do it and you can do it all safe and with fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Prize Picks is in Canada now, baby. We love it. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's all one word. It's on the screen there if you're watching on YouTube. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100 as well. No questions asked. If you deposit $50, they will give you $50. It's free money, baby. Go do it. Don't forget to pr- use the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for that instant deposit match of up to $100 at Prize Picks. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day with Chelsea Late of RaptorsHQ.com, digging into your mailbag questions. Uh, let's get into this question from Freddie Rivas, our pal, our dear friend from the Confederacy of Dunks podcast, regular question asker. He asks, who is the best shooter on the team after Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Otto Porter Jr., or OG Ananobi? So you got the big four. Let's just yeah. set the situation here, Chelsea. It's late okay. in the game. It's it's crunch time. They're playing the Bucks. I don't care who they're playing, but it's late. A ball is in the hands of, let's say, Fred Van Vliet getting downhill with the ball in his hands. He's looking for a shooter. OG's covered. Otto's on the bench. Gary Trent Jr. is trying on clothes somewhere. Uh, Fred Van Vliet is kicking it out to somebody. And it's a two-point game, by the way. The Raptors are down by two. Buzzer's coming down. You need someone on the team to hit a three. Who are you tasking to hit that three for the Raptors to win this hypothetical conference finals game against the Milwaukee Bucks? This is going to be controversial, maybe. Hmm. But I'm passing it to Scotty Barnes. Ooh! (laughs) Do explain! (laughs) Okay. I, I say this because I wrote a preview on Raptors HQ, not to plug myself, but I wrote a Scotty Barnes season preview. If you want to go read it, you go check it out. But um, and one of my big points coming into the season is that like Scotty Barnes and himself is just like a superstar. Like the kid was born mm. for moments. Sure. Like he's like a good like face of the camera guy. And sure, he's not the best shooter, but based on the situation that you just explained, it's like 
crunch time. He needs, you know, they're looking for like a buzzer beater moment. It's going to be Scotty because then imagine the crowd goes wild. The highlights are everywhere. <laughs> you know, they're talking about it on NBA Today. It's like a whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's in that situation, I'd go to Scotty Barnes. Maybe not in every situation if there's other shooters on on the uh, on the court. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he is getting better at shooting. I was looking at his stats yesterday, and based on, like, what people were saying when he got drafted, which – Let's not look at our 2021 draft tweets anymore, but (laughs) we're not talking about that anymore. But um, (laughs) that was a weird night. But I remember professing myself to be a Jalen Green man when they won the lottery. I was like, I hope they get Jalen Green, baby. Boy, we know nothing. It's the best. I was, I was, yeah, I was a Jalen Suggs truther for sure. Um, But anyway, so we got Scotty, which worked out for us in the end, but everyone was so concerned about his shooting. And then, he goes, and I'm pretty sure, based on the stats that I was looking at yesterday, he still shot, like, over 30% from three mm-hmm. for the whole season. Which, like, when people are like, he's not going to be able to shoot at all. I'm like, that's not terrible. Totally reasonable baseline, yeah. It's not the worst you can do. It's not zero, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, the reason that he popped into my head first is just because, like, especially with all the coverage he's been getting and the coverage he will bring to this team, which is, like, something that's really good for us. We need it. Um, I think he's just, like, the one that, like, Fred would kind of pass to him because he would be the one open and everybody <laughs> would be like, he's not going to make it. And then he would just, like, shoot it and then he'd make it and everybody would go nuts. It'd be a whole thing. It would be a whole thing. That's a good one. Uh, may, I may have Taylor made that answer to be Scotty <laughs> Barnes with the insane situation that I set up, but the point yeah. stands to reason. Um, I think I'd probably go Pascal Siakam, who, mm-hmm. again, my favorite trivia, uh, shout out to Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball for cluing me into this one. The leader in corner three-point percentage for the Raptors last season, Pascal Siakam at like 46%. Uh, he's good. He's good catch and shoot guy. Yeah, the pull up stuff maybe not was wasn't there. Hasn't been there the last couple seasons. But uh, he's been very good from the corners, and I think I trust Pascal to hit a big three for yeah. sure. I guess the wild card answer here too is Precious Achua, who yeah. uh, like this isn't so much a he's catching a ball and you know doing a catch and shoot three. It's uh, he's grabbing and going and pulling up from the top of the arc with yeah. all of the pizzazz that you could ever possibly imagine in this situation. Uh, what, what's your level of belief in Precious Achua, three-point monster? <laughs> I will say I will say, my belief in him has grown exponentially in the past year. Mm-hmm. I definitely I watched him in his rookie season in Miami. Um, not that I watched that much Miami basketball, but I don't know. I, I knew Why would him. you do that to yourself? Yeah. I know, right? Okay. Yeah, I like but... to watch intense horror movies every day. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but i knew who, who he was when he got traded and i was like eh, i don't know like we'll see and then he started playing and i was like eh, i don't know and then something about the end of the season maybe it was that playoff run that we all didn't think was gonna happen and then it happened everybody's kind of like going nuts but i don't know i became a precious achua truther you know mm-hmm. i i see the vision in him as people would say um i can and i think it's because you can see and just in one year how much he's developed on this team and how much you can see his shot has developed and his handle has developed. And I think that's just one year. Right. And it was Mm -hmm. still kind of a crazy year when you think about it, especially Mm -hmm. for the Raptors with, you know, restrictions and stuff like that. So I think now that we're going into a full season where you're going to, you know, he settled, 
you know, he's continued to develop. He feels comfortable on this team. You know that he has like kind of a carved out role as like sometimes a starter, sometimes, you know, a bench person. Um, I think he's going to develop a, quite a lot this year. And I think one of those mm. things is that like surprising. I remember like the first time he hit one of those three, I was like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. That highlight against the Sixers on? from last year is, like, I don't think anyone's had a reputation balloon off a single highlight as much as Precious has with that single highlight that I still yeah. see shared in, like, you know, pieces at the ringer or ESPN of, like, oh, Precious Achua could be really good this year. This is what he was doing last year. No mention of the, the missed putbacks and stuff like that, uh, thankfully. That's in, the, that's in the past. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'd have Precious as my number one trusted shooter beyond the top four just no. yet. But Because uh, I also think there's just as equal a chance he completely airballs it as, yeah. as there is that he hits uh, hits a clean and true. But he's, yeah. he's a blast. I'm a, I'm a yeah. big Precious precious believer and yeah. it's going to be not too long until i kind of buy his three-point shot as something you can count For on sure. i don't need it's that like, much proof yeah he's the kind of guy where it goes up and you're like why did you do that and then sometimes yep. you're like oh you should have done that and then when it goes in you're like yeah you should have yeah. done that i like i don't know how long it's going to take me to believe that what we saw after the all-star break where he shot 40 yeah. percent on like four attempts a game is mm -hmm. real and it, it i'm a sucker though it'll be like two weeks he'll be like four for ten from three on the season and i'm like yep it's done he's a three-point shooter now put him in the three-point contest it's, yeah. it's earned <laughs> um let's go to another question here also from our pal freddie Revis, who asked nick nurse is incredible but no one is perfect should we be more critical of his offenses sometimes i wonder if he over relied on Kyle Lowry, which if you did do that, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> who wouldn't over rely on Kyle Lowry? The, the man who can carry an entire team on his ass. Um, this is a good one because yesterday the NBA GM poll came out, which I don't really care about because who cares? Uh, but yeah, exactly. the Nick Nurse was the thing that really caught my eye was that Nick Nurse was voted to have the third best offensive schemes of all head coaches, which is really funny for a team that, as we talked about on yesterday's podcast, ranked in like the bottom five to ten of every key offensive metric to determine whether or not you're going to be a good offense. And they still managed to get there because the transition and all that stuff. Um, so I guess the question is like, do you think Nick nurse is leaving stuff on the table with the way he runs the offense with this team, or is it sort of a byproduct of the personnel and he's kind of making it work with what he has? Um, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a tough one because there are certainly things you can quibble with, with the way they run offense. They don't run pick and rolls. Um, you know, they, they run kind of like a lot of isolation stuff and that's not an inherently efficient play, but I also kind of think with what he has on hand, I can't, I don't know if you can ask too much more of, of what, the way the offense has run the last couple of years. What say you? Um, I think, you know, those GM votes, not that they matter, but like it's kind of telling that he is doing what he can. I think for a team that like is ranked so low, but then they rank him is, mm -hmm. I think, just telling that he, I like, just like you said, he's making it work. When your number mm -hmm. one option is Pascal Siakam, I think he plays and stuff that he's so good at has to be your number one option because he's your number you have to yeah. you know coach to your team and i think he's coaching especially now that kyle is gone you know he's your no you know you have pascal you know fred you know and so you kind of have to like you said coach your players and i think pascal siakam i'm definitely a believer that pascal siakam is gonna like make even a bigger stride this year than um mm -hmm. he has in the past so you know play to your strengths 
than based on what we've seen past that. So why not, you know, try and use him in his best ways? Yeah, I think I agree with you. And I also think, like, this is a team, think back, you know, even before Nick Nurse was the head coach. Like, this is a team that has had really good offenses, and he has been credited with those really good offenses, right? Like, 2017-18, that team was a buzzsaw. They won nearly 60 games. Their offense was, I think, top five in the league. And that was the whole culture reset season, where it was like, all right, Dwayner, get out here. Nick Nurse is running the offense now. And... The offense worked beautifully. They got DeMar DeRozan working downhill. They maximized what they had on the team. They made DeMar the on-ball guy. They maximized Kyle as an off-ball threat. Um, it, it just, it really, really worked. It was a really bloody good offense. And that had Nick Nurse's fingerprints all over it. I I, I just, I, I don't know. It, it's, I do think it's more personnel-based. And the lack of shooting the last couple of seasons has been really difficult to maneuver anything around, right? Like, it's just been so challenging to find proper spacing for the best players on the team to even run, like, a halfway normal offense. And this year, they finally feel like they maybe have enough shooting to get by where it's not like you're relying on three guys to put up all your threes. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I do think it's more the the personnel than it is nick nurse I, you know i think honestly my quibbles with nick nurse are more on the defensive end where he is a maniac and like it's just like you okay, can't chill out a little bit man you don't got to do this all the time and get burned by peyton pritchard hitting corner threes it's like the most yeah. just sad and depressing way to lose a game but yeah, yeah. offensively i think he's kind of doing what he can and i think the fact that the raptors are so aggressive on the offensive glass, are so aggressive in trying to get it on the run. Like that speaks to Nick Nurse realizing the offense doesn't quite have the juice on its own. We got to find ways to amp this up on the margins. And that's, I think, part of his offensive strategy. And I think you have to give him credit for that, of making it work with what he has, um, you know, making lemonade out of some limes, basically, in a lot of cases. Um, yeah, true. We're going to continue on here, Chelsea, finish up with a couple more yeah. mailbag questions. And I also want to ask you, for your strongest Toronto Raptors opinion going into the season. But first, just a reminder, you can check out Locked On Blue Jays covering the boys in blue as they head towards the postseason. They're hosting the stupid Seattle Mariners, baby. We hate the Mariners. Uh, and they're hosting the beginning on Friday. And Ben and Matt over on Locked On Jays are keeping you in the loop as the season draws to a close and the playoffs open up this weekend. I'm going to throw up. I'm so nervous. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Chelsea, let's dive into a couple more mailbag questions to close out today's episode. Uh, this one here comes from uh, Logan Christie asking, 
What's the floor for this team this season, the ceiling, and maybe what you consider an overachieving, underachieving season? We kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday with Joe Wolfon, but I like to get this thought from everybody who comes through the Lockdown Raptors car wash. Um, what to you is the floor? What's the ceiling? And where's that sort of line of like where the expectation should be set, where they kind of can go over or under? Um, you know, wh- wh- where do you kind of set your expectations going into the year? Um, I think the standard should be what they did last year because no one Mm -hmm. expected them to do what they did last year and they did. And now they have better pieces and hopefully won't get as injured and decimated and whatever at points that they did last season. Um, So, you know, I think the standard would be make the playoffs, um, which I think is the standard every year. Mm -hmm. The floor would be that not happening because for some reason, which I don't see it happening, hopefully maybe I'm just, you know, I mean, the East is good. Optimistic. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, the East is good. Yeah, happen. you get into the play-in, and one game can destroy you. It's, it's tough. true. Yeah, I learned that the the first time I did a playoff bracket. Um, it, was first, <laughs> it was the first season of the play-in, and I was like, "You never pick the Warriors first four in March Madness. Don't pick the yeah. first four teams. Like, even if they oh. like could go on a run, just assume they're going to lose, and don't even bother with it." <laughs> yeah, the lucky part is that that year there was a prize for the person who did worst in the bracket. So. I still got a prize, but, (laughs) um, but yeah. And I think their ceiling is like, I mean, I'm not sure that I'm fully bought into the fact that they could win a championship right now, but I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they make it a couple, you know, one or two rounds into the playoffs and we have a good time and, you know, we get some, some good spring hoops and, Mm -hmm. you know, we see our young guys develop more. You see Scotty Barnes have a good run. You see maybe someone gets an all-star again that maybe was snubbed of an all-star last season. No one in particular, but you know, um, you know, Pascal gets his all NBA and all that fun stuff. And it's just kind of a progression in the way that we're looking for in this like development Mm -hmm. cycle that we're in quote unquote. Um, I don't think we're as in development as some teams have been for the past like 10 years, but you know, I think, you know, the ceiling would be improvement and awards and recognition. Not that you need that, but it's always good. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, some, some playoff hoops. Yeah. Like for me, I think I'm pretty high on what this team can do in the regular season. Playoffs is another story. It's all matchup dependent, I think. But um, like, I I think the baseline of 47, 48 wins, like that should be kind of what you're aiming for. I think they're going to win more than that. Like I have them Mm -hmm. at like 51 wins, I think right now, in my hypothetical standings projections. Um, And, you know, they could also win 45 games in a loaded Eastern Conference and not be a tangibly worse team and still think Mm -hmm. there's good things that have happened and improvements that have happened that are positive Mm -hmm. for the long term. It's a very difficult season to answer this question, I guess I would say. It's not like, a you know, the Kawhi seasons where like, well, they better win the title, otherwise this sucks. Uh, Or, you know, it's not like the DeMar and Kyle years where it's like, well, if they don't beat LeBron, then it's a failure. Like, it's way less black and white. And I think there's lots of different ways this could go. And, you know, they could win 51 games, but if they get waxed in the first round of the playoffs and have no fight in them or the the, the, the scheme doesn't work against whomever they're playing, then maybe that's viewed as a failure. Like, it, it is, there's lots of different ways this could land. As far as, like, the low end, I don't see them going anywhere lower than eighth in the East. So I think at the very least, they are hosting uh, a play-in game, which gives you a, a pretty decent chance of, of moving on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the low end ceiling, I would say. Like, I don't think they're out of the playoffs. That that seems kind of crazy to me. And I think like the top end ceiling, like everything goes perfectly. The matchups align themselves wonderfully. You get some injury luck from elsewhere in the league. Like, I do think a conference finals could happen. I wouldn't peg it as likely, but I do think mm-hmm. it's on the table. Um, yeah. You know, just if things kind of break the way that, you know, sometimes things break in the playoffs with the bracket and leads to teams like the Blazers and Hawks making the conference finals. Like, the Raptors are a good enough team that they could take advantage of that sort of meandering path to a conference finals, I think, and then yeah. get summarily destroyed by Giannis in the <laughs> conference finals. Better um, Giannis than Boston, in my opinion. 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Hundred percent. Uh, yeah, they've they've gotten Giannis before, and yeah. you know now it's just like a a cool level respect between both sides. The Celtics exactly. can piss off. Uh, let's wrap this up, Chelsea. I will do the thing yeah. I have done with all of my guests leading up to the season here after media day until the tip off of the year. I want to know what is the strongest held Raptors related opinion or belief you have going into the season it can be contrarian it could be fred van vliet is uh just uh earl boykins with a bag that could be your take if you want it'd be a weird take but you can have that take if you want uh there's also you can be in line with everybody else you just strongly believe it what is your strongest held raptors belief as we are now two weeks away from the opening of the nba season part of me wants to go really controversial but I think my strongest. <laughs> Scotty Barnes strong... actually trash. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, oh my god. Um, I thought you were gonna go like Scotty Barnes MVP. I was gonna be like, oh okay. Um, but <laughs> I think Pascal's. <clears throat> excuse me. I think Pascal Siakam's gonna have an All NBA season. Okay. Okay. That's my That's take. Not contrarian at all. He just did no, it last exactly. year, Chelsea. You're letting me down I know. here. <laughs> you just didn't get the thing. I said I thought about going contrarian. I didn't actually yeah. do it because that's my strongest belief. I mean, I don't know. I just I believe in that guy so much, and I'm like, let's mm-hmm. think. The sad part is that like if he was on an American team, he probably would get more recognition than he does. Hmm. But unfortunately, there's like the weird curse that's on the Raptors, where like people are like, oh, it's the Raptors. They don't matter, and I'm like. <laughs> But we do. So yeah. I, I I think that's is where I go back to like the Scotty Barnes thing helping. I think Scotty brings a lot of necessary media attention to the team, sure. not just for sure. him, but for everybody else as well. And I think that will really help get these guys the spotlight that they deserve. And I think Pascal Siakam is like long overdue for some of that spotlight. And you've seen the progression of, you know, he kind of had some low points and now he's definitely been up on the climb. So I think that's just all going to come together and he's just going to like have another like, you know, 2019 season minus probably the championship, but you know, (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's Pascal's time. I think Pascal is going to have a hell of a year as well. Mm -hmm. You know, all NBA is tough to make because there's a lot of very good players and like you can be the 18th best player in the league and there's no shame in that, you know, injuries happen and whatnot. And, you know, I think, certainly with the fact that like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard didn't play much last season or didn't play at Mm -hmm. all like that helped Pascal getting in there but that happens every year there's always guys who get hurt and if Pascal is one of the healthy guys at the end of the year there's a very reasonable chance that he's not just a third team all-nba guy but as high as second like he's made second team all-nba before um he's really really good and if the Raptors go and surprise and win a bunch of games 
I could totally see him being there once again, and it probably deserved. He should also make the All Star game. He should have made it last yeah. year, but uh, he should have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, that was who I was talking but about when I said ten snub. games. <sighs> like, okay, uh, are our brains just not developed enough uh, that we can't overcome that? That's fine. Um, all right, we're gonna wrap it up so there. Bad. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for jumping on the show. This was great to have you. We'll have you back again throughout the season for sure. Anything you would like to promote for the good people out there? Um, go check out my Twitter. I wrote some stuff yesterday uh, about Scotty Barnes. I'm going to write some stuff about Pascal Siakam coming up. So look forward to that. Amazing. Go and do that. Chelsea's awesome. Uh, carrying the mantle over there at RaptorsHQ.com. And you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's much appreciated when you support the show. And uh, we're on YouTube as well in video form if you want to watch my mug every day and all of my guests who are far better looking than I am. Uh, it's just a, it's a constant stream of me being homely. Uh, please subscribe. I sold it, right? Right? I sold it well? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Blue Jays. Ben and Matt leading into the playoffs. It's very exciting times, and uh, that'll do it. We'll be back again on Thursday to break down the Raptors' preseason game against the Boston Celtics. We'll do our big takeaways. We'll do the good, the bad, and the hmm. That's all coming up tomorrow. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.